Hello and welcome to episode 10, we're in double digits now, uh, of Stick to Sports, the very good podcast that everyone likes. Uh, I am Ryan Lambert from Yahoo Sports. I'm Sean Gentilly, uh, parade and golf correspondent for Sporting News. <laughs> and that is actually kind of why we didn't have a show at all last week. Um, Sean covered the U.S. Open for the Sporting News, and then basically had two days, I think, and dragged his ass to Cleveland to cover the Cavaliers parade. Yeah, which was awesome, and I came away from it uh, with basically a really good picture of J.R. Smith and a sunburn all over the right side of my body because I was sitting on that mall in Cleveland waiting for those cars to drive through a mile and a half of just gross sea of humanity people uh and just sat there in the grass in front of the stage and got one of the worst sunburns i've ever gotten in my life so i'm peeling and uh still let's go uh yeah i mean it was on whatever uh it was on a wednesday yeah it was like a week ago at this point almost yeah grow uh, up (laughs) the uh most of the peeling is is done but it was uh, it was brutal. I had like full on raccoon eyes, like <laughs> golfer's tan. Oh, were you wearing sunglasses? Oh yeah. Oh boy, the classic mistake. I never wear sunglasses for not that reason. Um, also because I wear regular glasses and I'm too lazy to get prescription uh, right sunglasses made. But mainly because I don't want to walk around looking like that in my life. Um, yeah, I mean, I am it's, very it's part pale, of the, So it's part of the trade off. Like I. You know, I wear sunglasses if I if I'm outside and it's sunny, pretty much. And you know, I think for that's anybody, what they were any, designed for so you're well, in yeah, good shape but like there. I I wear them I wear them a lot. So oh. for anybody who's unaware of what happened at the parade, there was basically they they were supposed to go through downtown Cleveland, get to this screen that was set up in you know like a municipal park uh, green space that they have downtown, and all that was supposed to happen between eleven o'clock and one o'clock. And there were a million and a half people in downtown Cleveland, and the police didn't set up barricades along along one of the main routes before people showed up and, like, you know, flooded the streets. So they literally had to have police escorts without barricades walking these floats of players uh, down the route in, in, into this park. And it took an extra almost – I think it took an extra hour and a half. So it took almost three hours total. And – in the meantime, it was cloudless and 90 degrees, and I had had sunscreen in my bag for the golf tournament, but at some, at some point, it it disappeared, and I could just sit there, and, I, and there was nowhere to hide, dude. I, I, was, I was roasting. That is very bad. I remember um, I went to the Bruins Stanley Cup Parade in 2011. Um, because actually, you're a big Bruins fan. I, I love the Bruins. Well, okay, I guess I'll tell... Oh, Austin sports. Well, I like the Celtics. You're a big Red Sox fan. You're a big Patriots fan. And That's you are a big, big, true. big Bruins fan. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess this is a story I should tell at some point in my life. Um, I was supposed to cover it for Yahoo. Like, write a little thing, take a bunch of pictures, that kind of thing. There is a very good reason why I didn't. Uh, my yeah, because it's hard as shit to cover parades. That's, well, that's that's reason enough. It's really hard. Yeah. I went to the Penguins parade with with the intent on doing that and just kind of couldn't. Yeah, there there there's not like uh, I stood here. 
I saw some guy in like a Sedin's or girl's shirt, whatever. But the bigger problem was this. Uh, my friends showed up and one of my friends was like, hey, I brought, uh, I brought some snacks. Do you, want, do you want a cookie? And I was like, sure. What he did not communicate to me until maybe 10 minutes after I ate it was, it was a marijuana cookie. Uh. A marijuana cigarette cookie, and uh, I was extremely high by accident. Reefer. Yeah, for that entire parade. Um, I'm not a big on reefer. I'm not a big marijuana user in my life, uh, and so this hit me no. extremely hard. To the point where, I, what kind of asshole friend do you have, though? Dude, that that sounds like something out of I a th- movie. I think he thought he that forget? I must have known. No, oh. he, he thinks that I thought, yeah. So it was it was like a a uh, threes company type miscommunication. And here's how high I was. Um, I was I got on the train to leave, like the subway, and I'm looking at my phone, and I'm like, okay, well, I got to be pretty close to my to my house now. I've been on this train for what seems like forever. And I looked up and we had not left the station yet. Yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess I'm really high. I mean... So that story did not get that's, written. That's, uh... That's really... Like, who turns down a cookie? Like, right, what... yeah. Of any kind. To be fair, in retrospect, knowing this friend, I should have guessed. Well... <laughs> Maybe he just had cookies, though. You're lucky you didn't die, because... <laughs> yeah, I, I ate that cookie very quickly. And I, I almost overdosed on marijuana, is what happened. I, you really need to watch out for that, man. You could, <laughs> there's, always, there's always a chance you could overdose on marijuana at any given time. That's just one leaf. Takes. That's all it takes. <laughs> that's all it takes. Yeah, so that's the only parade I've ever been to. And that, oh, no, that's not true. I went to the Red Sox one in 2004, but I was not high for that one. I, it was just miserable out. Uh, I was caught, I was caught in the blazing sun and Ryan was just blazing, bro. Bro. I was listening to Sublime the whole time. Really enjoying myself. Smoke two joints. <laughs> um, that's a Sublime song. Yes. Yep. It's true. Unfortunately, uh, the the this other is, this is wait this is a sublime podcast now. <laughs> it's a sublime fan podcast. Uh, I hope not. Uh, the 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 one thing the other thing I'll say about Sublime real quick is when my friends and I would go to trivia at like the really crummy bro bar in uh, in our college town, we would name our team something like sublime sucks or 311 sucks or godsmack sucks that's pretty good and people like literal booze would be you know what i that that actually we can use that to segue right into this next discussion because in like december uh it was it was a couple of days before christmas i went and played trivia and i really really thought about naming our team and here's a spoiler alert because Uh-oh. i'm cur- because I'm courteous, unlike certain other people, I was going to name the team Han Solo Dies. Sure. It, and it was like December, you know, 21st or something. So and, like three or four days after the movie came out, basically. Right. And, yeah. it, and I got I got cold feet and didn't do it. But, oh, boy, did I want to. Oh, you, yeah, that would have been a good one. Um, but, yeah, because, like, the whole spoiler thing is, like, 
society has become weirdly mega sensitive to it. Yeah, but... bro, it's the nanny state. Talk about it, man. <laughs> All these kids are getting trophies for nothing. <laughs> They're not even doing anything. They're just getting trophies for showing up. It's BS. And True. that's why I'm voting for Donald Trump. What happened to America? That's what I want to know. You know, if we could just get back to the values of Ronald Reagan <laughs> and John Wayne, we'd be in much better shape. And by those values, I mean racism. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. no, but, no, ser- but no, seriously, you are pro, you're pro-spoiler, and you think that America has become sissified to the point where we all feel entitled to everything, right? I'm, Millennials. Well, so I'm Millennials. Not, I'm not pro-spoiler. I am just not vehemently anti-spoiler. Um, and in the example that we, we were going to talk about it last week, uh, but we didn't have a show. So the uh, the thing was that like Game of Thrones, like penultimate episode of the season, was up against Game Seven of the NBA Finals, and people wanted to watch Game Seven of the NBA Finals. That's perfectly all right. I understand right, because that. it's better. It's better than Game of Thrones. Sure, but... it is. Well, I mean, Christ, that Game Seven. Probably was. You're right about that. And it was a fairly eventful uh, episode of Game of Thrones, too. But so somebody made a joke. It wasn't even me. So but like somebody made a joke that uh, that like I got sucked into talking about the nature of spoilers and things like that. And this guy, very angry. You know, some of us have lives, that whole bullshit. <laughs> right, because none of us have lives. <laughs> no, exactly. Like Nobody has a life. And, you know, he's like, what if we all, what if I wanted to watch the basketball game or my kid had soccer practice or whatever and I couldn't watch Game of Thrones? And, you know, this has happened to all of us, right? Like, we've all had a situation come up where we can't be home to watch a thing we would like to watch and therefore... We have to wait and risk having it spoiled for us. My -hmm. solution to these problems is don't go on social media. Stay off Twitter for like three hours till I get home and watch Game of Thrones. This isn't hard. That's fair, but like, isn't it just as easy to just be courteous for a few hours and not be very publicly dickish about <laughs> about this like like it's not it's i'm not in a, and listen there is definitely a statute of limitations i would say for big movies it's a couple weeks for tv shows it's like a couple days but like for god's sakes like don't go out of your way to ruin shit for people right? i agree to an extent <laughs> i agree to an extent because yeah, like I would never go and say like, you know, in this episode Jon Snow cuts Joffrey's head off or whatever, like and that's I it. See, come on. That Did that happen? happen? No, that doesn't happen. Who's Jon Snow? Exactly. That so you're fine. Um <laughs> but but what I would say is like I'll give you an example of what I think is a uh a good a good reason for doing a spoiler is if it's in service of what is a good joke like objectively a good joke and again i'm not going to spoil it three years later because you are my friend and i'm not going to do this to you but i had a joke several years ago about game of thrones (laughs) you were taking this out of your dusty old joke file 
That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, like, this is one of the biggest spoiler things in Game of Thrones history. And I had a joke about it that was, I'm going to say this, unbelievably good. <laughs> and I was like, listen, if I sit on this, and it was pertinent to if a If I sit on this, thing, I won't get those sweet retweets, so I will be deprived of, of the momentary kind of satisfaction of this. Like we're all just we're all just animals, man. We're all just looking for, you know, stuff that makes us I gotta happy, get those and we're all look, and we're I all looking out for our own babes. interests. I gotta. You are. All, I'm all about online engagement first and foremost. Yes, you are like you doing that is just as selfish as as some guy <laughs> being like, dude, don't spoil it for me. You being no, like, I'm losing. Is, it absolutely is not. It's the exact same. First you're, of all, you're missing missing you're, out on fucking tweet impressions so 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 you're upset about it this however was not in a tweet this was in a column that published the next day so different oh god you had 24 damn well not 24 18 hours to watch game of thrones if you really cared about it you would watch it within 18 hours did you just spring this on on somebody who is reading your shit yes like there was no, there was no parenthetical like spoiler. I believe I believe an editor put the word spoiler above it. Like that's fine. Once once you see that, stop paying attention. I'm okay with that. Like like, just don't ruin shit for people. But, <laughs> Give but them a little the bit of time. My thing is this: the world doesn't owe you because your schedule isn't flexible enough. Like. 24 hours of deferred. How is that any less selfish than, than, than you getting bummed out for, for not getting 13 retweets on some crummy joke about a goddamn show about dragons? Who First cares? Of all, the sh- the Who joke cares? wasn't crummy. And second of all, it's because, like... First of all, you don't want to get beat to the joke by somebody else on the internet. You un- <laughs> look, look, you sound look, insane Emerson, right now. Look, look Emerson, poop him. You, <laughs> oh, I kill myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if someone had taken that joke, like if I had thought of that joke before you and you had it ready uh-huh. to go, you would have legitimately been bummed out. Yes you know, or no? And you, know, and you know what, buddy? You didn't, and that's why I'm here, and that's why you're there. <laughs> I'm the champ. <laughs> But yeah, my, that's my point though, is like, just avoid, like, I have certainly gone on social media if I haven't been able to watch a Game of Thrones episode and seen a spoiler. And you know who I'm mad at when that happens? You should is be me. mad at yourself. I, I, I agree with you there. And unless it's, unless it's some flagrantly dickheaded thing that, that and this is a, probably a straw man because I can't recall ever seeing this, like, I don't remember anybody coming... I don't remember seeing any tweets circulate at, you know, 11 o'clock the day Star Wars came out that said that Han Solo died. Like, yeah. I don't remember seeing that. Like, hey, man, if, like, if I'm going to be like, hey, at Sean Gentilly in this episode, the dragons drop a nuclear bomb on King's Landing or whatever. Oh, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe you ruined that for me. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but it had to be said. Uh, but like, yeah, like if I'm adding you or something like that, but, you know... It, I'll give you another example of a thing that even before, like, Game of Thrones or whatever would drive me batshit crazy, right? Was you go to a lot of college hockey games, and mm-hmm. what they do between periods is they read off a list of out-of-town scores. It's like an mm-hmm. old tradition that, like, you know, they don't really 
need to adhere to anymore because we all have iPhones or whatever. But they're just like, you know, Northeastern's beating Merrimack 2-1 to one or whatever. And there was a guy that, like, I knew who he would be <laughs> taping, like, the UNH game. And he would get mad that they read the UNH score over the. I mean, that's speaker. that's his fault. Like, that's yes, stupid. No, but watching that's... watching DVR watching DVR sports is not like watching DVR television. It just isn't. Mm, I don't know because, like, if you wanted to watch the NBA finals, right, and your and your kid again, like, had a dance recital or something, and you're like, let's say, diehard Cleveland sports fan, but you you can't get out of this event. Oh, here's a here's a fun actually here's a fun story about that. My uh, my friend Darcy, she's engaged. She's engaged to one of my best friends. She's right. from Cleveland, and and she had her bachelor. They're engaged. She had her bachelorette party the weekend of uh, of Game Seven. I mean, it had been it was flights that were scheduled like forever in advance, uh, and she was in the air. She's a she's a psychopath Cavs fan. And she was in the air during Game Seven, so she like got off the plane and turned on her phone and had like a million texts, and that's actually how she found out. So yeah. don't fly. Plan your life around sports. If it's that important, what I would say is you don't you don't get to get mad about it. No. So no, I, I'm 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 with you there to an extent, but like. I don't think that's quite the same thing. I remember whenever the last Harry Potter book came out, and I don't know anything about Harry Potter, but my sister is an enormous Harry Potter fan. And the day that it came out, and this was still in the days of like AOL and some Messenger, and I was yeah, sure. I was I was at college at this point. I just made my away message: Hermione dies. <laughs> so I I think I think Kaylee, my sister, is actually still I think she's still pissing me for that. And she didn't. I mean, she did obviously Hermione from what I was told, did not die. It was Spoiler just... alert. Or did she? There's no way to know. But but <laughs> I, I just... I just I don't think... I, don't think I haven't seen I... the movie in a minute, but I think it was she's the... fine. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure it was the last book, I, I want to say. And I just, you know, whatever. I, I, I said it to be a dick. So I, I get it. Like, I, I get there's that sort of, you know... Uh, there There is that sort of weird masochistic or sadistic desire that we have to you know screw things up for other people like i i understand that but man i don't know just give them a couple hours yeah okay well along a similar line do you want to talk about a brand new movie we both saw this weekend called independence yeah, Day Resurgence? yeah. I, th- yes this is this is what i was talking about by the way last night when i went to see independence day resurgence uh, solely to talk about on this podcast. So if you, I guess if if you're really worried about having the Independence Day movie spoiled, then you know the stop aliens working. blow up Earth and then they get stopped at the last minute. It's crazy. There you go. Believe it. <laughs> We're done here. Um, yeah, it was. Would you categorize this movie as insane? I, I think. I think. All right. There needs to be a certain amount of suspension of disbelief for all movies like this. Obviously, well, you and sure. I know that because they're impossible. Because right. aliens don't exist and the moon landing was faked. Uh, <laughs> but, my God. Like, this was next level. This was next level insane, wasn't it? Like, that, like I'm not, I'm not well-versed in science. I am not certainly not well-versed in, you know all the various shit that came into play here. But like, 
it was so crazy that it, it took me out of it uh, several, several times. Yeah. Be- okay, so the, so the general plot of the movie, as you may or may not know, is uh, the aliens are mad that Earth was able to, like, fight back against the aliens. And there's, like, a mothership that receives a distress call, and the distress call, like, brings an even bigger ship. Listen to this. Yeah. 3,000 miles across. Yeah, first off, listen to how much trouble we're having, like, remembering exactly what happened in this movie. Like, it's not completely clear... But uh, what... Like why? Why a lot of stuff happens? Yeah, like no. why? Why exactly did the? Why exactly did the mothership come back? They they were chasing that that sphere. Well, the, no, they weren't chasing the sphere. The sphere. Okay, so there's a sphere that shows up. We can't we can't get too bogged down in plot details because they don't matter. Right, they don't. But um, so no, the mothership got the distress call from uh one of the alien ships that like crash-landed on Earth, basically, after we blew them all up somehow. That uh, actually did... That actually did happen? Like, they, yes. like they got a, a yeah, distress Yeah, that's like, the, that's like the, the before-credit stinger thing. <sighs> yeah. So The, the it, first 45 minutes of this movie were dog shit. Incomprehensible. They, they, were, they were absolute dog shit. Um, yeah, so... So, yeah, all that happens, and then there's a sphere that shows up, and the sphere is like, do we want to spoil this for people? Or I mean, it seems so inconsequential. You know exactly like, what's happening. Yeah. So the sphere shows up, and there's a sphere that's like, uh, I'm actually an advanced alien life form. Don't blow me up, because uh, I hate the aliens who blew you guys up that first time, too. And, like, this all happens on the exact 20th anniversary of the first alien attack somehow. And then... Which, Jeff by the Goldblum way, which, by the way, there. like, the, they were beaming, like, the video of Bill Pullman giving the speech, like, across the universe. Across the universe. That was the best part. It, it was, was like, where did they get this footage? It was, like, it, it, it was video. Like, like it was like it was like they had a TV camera. Yeah, they had, like, it, closed it, circuit camera. No, but you, you know what it was? It was just a shot from the goddamn movie. Yes, a hundred percent. And oh, that it was that crazy. Was the, that's what tipped off the mothership. Was was this like awesome stand up shot of of Bill Pullman delivering the Perfectly speech? Perfectly framed, all mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So then there's like Judd Hirsch is in a boat, and then he drives across the United States oh in about God. six oh hours. My God. Yes, that was that was the biggest problem that I had with it was that okay. So well, I, I shouldn't say that there there were several of them, <laughs> and, and like I and like I said, the moment like from from the from the credits until the moment the the ship lands takes probably forty five minutes, and it is unwatchable. So whenever whenever the ship lands, also on the top of the earth like a hat basically yeah basically like a big it sucks up did you, it, it basically sucks up asia off the ground and drops it on london and and i like well, because, that because it had because it, it has its own gravitational field that and right. that doesn't really make a lot of sense either yeah i i don't care about that making sense but like it sucked up like you know thousands of miles of worth of of the Asian continent, and then dropped it on like Europe, I guess. 
so the end result is like you see the you see the the plane landing in China or the the plane the 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 ship landing in China and then all of a sudden you see like that tower in Kuala Lumpur come crashing down uh on on London like it basically they just treated Asia like it was you know Maryland or something <laughs> like, like 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 everything is really close together like so long and, Beijing <laughs> yeah like, right and, and if you yeah if you land in one part you're on the other one and then it, so it was just totally disorienting and, and weird and and then um, my, my favorite my, I mean so the central plot of the movie is that this like weird sphere thing that looks like uh, Marvin the paranoid android from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy just a big white sphere with a line across the middle, like where its eye is or something. Uh, so it says, hey, by the way, what these aliens do is they drill to the core, to like your planet's molten core, and like somehow use that like Starkiller base to power their ship so it can move on to the next planet. I and, don't ever want, I don't ever want to see any other movie about drilling to the core of the Earth. Like no, those, I'm good. that needs to go away. Yeah. And so they're like halfway through the movie, they're like, or, or at, you know, at the beginning, they're like, okay, we have like 16 hours. And then halfway through the movie, because it's not moving along fast enough, they go, we calculated what? wrong. Never mind. It's 12 minutes. Like, what the? Right. Which, by necessity, and this gets back to what you were saying earlier about Judd Hirsch, who plays, you know, Jeff Goldblum's father again. He's, cl- he's on the East Coast of the United States because he's in New he's, York City. Is he in New York? Okay. He, he's in a boat or something. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think it's, I don't think it's New York, but, but either way, he's in the Atlantic ocean on a boat and he gets swept ashore by a tidal wave from, from this, you know, gigantic spacecraft. I I was 100% sure that he died because all you see is like the tidal wave about to swallow him with some very terrible ADR, by the way, when, when he said, by the way, I've never seen so much shitty adr in a major hollywood release as, as right. i did in this one it was yeah I, I think every I, I don't know if i don't know if if we saw an actual delivery from charlotte's from charlotte gainsburg as yeah. great as she is i i think every bit of her dialogue was was re-recorded and as the tidal wave is getting ready to swallow up judd hirsch he says holy moses or so you think and he they clearly dubbed moses over jesus which I don't know if it was like if they were going for some joke because he's very uh, like very obviously Jewish in in, in the movie. That by the or, way, one of the great Jewish stereotype performances of all time. Uh, yeah, is, is him in the first one. Like, yes. th- they said, "Hey, you're like a vaguely Semitic guy, like looking in theory, but like, could you maybe dial it up another?" 800 percent please right and we also need you to be a stereotypical jewish father and a stereotypical jewish mother in the exact same role it it was it's truly incredible and he and to be fair he dials it back 12 percent in this one he's still like 788 percent in taxi Taxi is one of my favorite tv shows he's amazing in taxi ever but you know he he says holy moses as this tidal wave is about to swallow him and the next time we see him he's like the the boat is aground in the middle of you know what looks to be a desert uh and and he gets come upon by these kids who clearly lost their parents in 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 the attack and again east coast of the united states 
They pick up Judd Obliterated. Yeah. They start driving, and we're talking less than 18 hours now, and and as we find out later, it drops down to six or whatever it is. So it's not even – it's not even an implication. Like this is factual in the in the world of this movie where they drive from the east coast of the United States to Area to 51 Area in Nevada. One in like six hours. By the way, with no gas. With no gas. They make a big thing about where are we going to get gas and then – You never see them get gas. No. So, so they they find this. Well, no, they find because this, they, they get the they get the they get the school bus. They get the school bus, but like, but so what you're saying? So they and then they find the school bus with with a bunch of kids on it who's like, you know, uh, who the 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 bus driver just you know abandoned or whatever it was. So the implication is that they made it uh, not just in six hours, but in a car and then a school bus on on it, no more than two tanks of gas. But but between the two, it's it's astounding. That that they got away with this. I mean, it isn't at all, uh, be, because like the first one didn't make any sense. Like, no, not a, no, not obviously, a shred of it. Obviously, it didn't, because Jeff Goldblum saved the world on the you know with a with a power book, right? No, yeah. so whatever. That's that that's a problem in and of itself but like there were so many there were so many of those in in the in the leads were just zero charisma no I mean, not at all like you didn't care whether one person in this movie lived or died apart from uh, jeff goldblum who by the way like i don't know what direction they gave him but he clearly ignored all of it they let him do whatever he wanted yeah absolutely they and let him was, do whatever he wanted he i bet i bet every single take you got from jeff goldblum was the first one was it was the first for him he, he was, was so, he was so far good. deep he was uh, he was but he was also so far deep into like the jeff goldblum uh, bag mm, of like yeah, ticks oh. of uh in and whatnot that oh my god i'm surprised he even it could have been worse honestly like yeah, like he, he, he i had, thought he was great in in his oh, like jeff goldblumness like oh all yeah right because, of him not being jeff goldblum gone gone like he was vaguely Jeff Goldblum in, say, like, Jurassic Park and, even and you know, in the first Independence Day. But this is, like, even a step beyond, say, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. They should they should have named the character Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, absolutely. They should have named David Levinson to Jeff Goldblum. It was, it was a truly remarkable performance. Um, Bill Pullman's performance was actually pretty I good at times. Was, I thought he was almost good. Almost he was good. A, yeah. I, and here's here's like this is this is all that all this dumping on this movie is a preamble to sort of how I ended up feeling by the end of it. The first forty five minutes again are just horrific. I kind of like parts of it, like 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 I I enjoyed myself. I did not feel like I wasted my money. And by the time I came out of there, I was like I was like I think I think that almost that almost worked for me in spite of in spite of all the bullshit. Like there was stuff that I enjoyed. So uh, Greg Wyshynski from. Puck Daddy also, uh, and I went... I don't know who that is. <laughs> we we uh, went to see it after the NHL draft on Saturday. Um, and we laughed really hard the entire time. Oh. Not not like, in te- like at parts that we were not supposed to be laughing at necessarily, but right. we, we really enjoyed ourselves. Like, there I were, walked out of it, there really having had, you know, a good two hours. The quip ratio in this movie is oh, just boy. it's out of control. Holy hell! Every, dude, every scene it, has two. Every single scene has at least two. 
that was starting to bother me. Like, like everything, every line is either delivered with just humorless, uh, just dire. Every line, not coming from like Jeff Goldblum, really, is just dire and, and humorless, or like just a shitty second-rate wisecrack from somebody who you don't care about. But then, Im- yeah. But then immediately, like it's gonna. Someone went. So I we looked at the end of the movie. This movie had five writers. Yeah, and each no, one it, it, clearly went through and was like, "Okay, I got to punch up this." At a joke, there were so many punch ups. Oh my god! It was it yeah. was truly amazing. I would recommend it to anybody. Here's here's a question. Yes. At the end at the end of the movie, whenever everything's you know gonna be fine, and. Uh, the warlord who there is an African warlord who's who'd been fighting basically a this ground battle was against banan- that character was insane. I was so much more interested in that guy than any other part of the movie. Oh yeah, but like he should like he was com- from a completely different movie. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like like I, like I was sitting there watching it. Like I would watch a movie about this guy about his life. We, we fighting. need a, we need an Independence Day resurgence prequel. Yes, this is this is going to be like an episodic. This it's going to be like the Rogue One of the Independence Day universe. <laughs> an Independence Day story. But so so he's he's a warlord in 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 Central Africa who has spent his life protecting his tribe from you know from aliens by one of the crashed uh, by one of the crashed crafts because I guess some of them survived and they've spent twenty five years trying to kill them and what have you. So he gets involved and he's on the scene whenever everything resolves itself at the end of the movie. And when he said to that shitty little kid who was who was the you know the the lackey sent to wrangle in Goldblum yeah like the bumbling idiot guy who just right, who, fucked who, up who the whole movie or not sa- saves the day in in a lot of ways when he said to that kid you have the heart of a warrior I laughed so goddamn yep, hard same. And, and I and, and I still like I was seeing this at ten thirty in an IMAX with eight other people right so so. There's 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 nobody in the theater, sadly, but I I not and I was alone and I laughed for 15 seconds about that and I still don't know if that was meant to be delivered as a joke or not. I I feel like it wasn't. I feel like we were supposed to believe that guy earned it, even though he I don't think killed one alien the entire time. He did. He killed a bunch of aliens. He did personally. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Whenever whenever they're whenever they're protecting Area 51 from the encroaching alien horde he definitely took a bunch of people out yeah all right fair enough who knew not me uh but yeah it was it was not great Ooh, shoot it didn't do very well at all this weekend either it's it's getting it well it is though because it made a hundred million dollars um internationally oh okay here's the other here's the other really funny thing about about this movie is i have never and I don't see a ton of those movies anymore, Transformers and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I have never, ever seen a movie that is more nakedly designed to appeal to Chinese uh, to Chinese moviegoers than this. Oh, yeah. It was unbelievable. You you are led to believe that the only people that exist on the planet are are American or Chinese. And it's, it's great because it's just so blatant. You know, they're so blatantly, you know, trying to goose the numbers and get as many Chinese people to see it as possible. But it was insane. Yeah, it, it was, the, you know, and all the hallmarks of like, we have to have a Chinese guy in this movie. So he's like stern yep. and stoic, but then heroic in the end. And it's just like, 
Yeah, I don't know about all this. Yeah, I, and it was it was amazing, man. And like I said, I like parts of it. You know, I love the original Independence Day movie because I was ten years old when it yeah, came exactly. out, so I had some level of fondness for it. Uh, so, and I think some of that honestly kind of carried over. Like I, I thought, I thought some of the battle scenes were 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 cool, and and I enjoyed parts of it. Uh, and I liked Jeff Goldblum, and it was cool seeing Bill Pullman again. So, like, it did, you know, and whatever. They, and it, that was the most realistic cardboard cutout of Liam Hemsworth I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. He was horrible. I I don't... Yeah, I... He was truly awful. I... That, that was the big... And I thought the bigger problem was... Was, uh... Was Stephen Hiller's son. Was the Will Smith's character's son. Like, yeah, I also, cared about him even less. Yeah. I thought... I thought he was worse than than Liam Hemsworth. There, the, and there were so many things they set up and didn't pay off in in the movie too. Like when they're on the alien ship and they're like hiding out in the water and they do the thing where they come up like just their eyes and nose, like in uh, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. And you're like, and you know they had they had made this big thing about like this is how you kill the aliens. Yeah, and, and that was it. like the end of it. That <laughs> was the end of it. It was like they were they're safe now. <laughs> it was insane. Oh, what a terrible, so, great movie! Yeah, I honestly, I I would recommend that people go see that. Go with some of your friends, uh, because I'm definitely capable of being disappointed by stuff, and I'm capable of being annoyed and feeling cheated out of money. And, and I really thought that was going to happen. Like I was not happy to to be going to see that last night. Uh, but I don't know, man. I I think I I think I almost liked it. I definitely, I definitely liked it, but not for the reasons they thought I would like it. Sure. Um, the, in the other movie I saw this week, which I know you didn't see, but I want to talk about really quickly, is The Shallows. The, <laughs> this will the, be a great. This will be a great discussion about well, the movie where Blake Lively gets stalked by a shark. It was good. I really liked it. I know. I I would have rather. I should have seen that. Yeah, we could have. I mean, there's less to talk about. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's Blake. It's Blake Lively in the ocean, and, and you know, I don't know. I, I don't know how, how many things there are to talk about with that. I like. I like. I love, My point is, I like a man versus nature movie. Yeah, the Gray was very good. Like, just a person using the ingenuity that, like, they set up in the first eight minutes of the movie. It, to... Is it literally? Is it literally just her in the water? Yeah, the I mean, movie? there's like five other people in the movie. Like, that's it. And it's only 88 minutes long. And it would be even shorter if they didn't use a lot of uh, slow motion shots. Yeah, so is, is it like, is it like, it's like open water, basically, with Blake it's, Live. It is, but it's more of a, like, you know, fighting back. Like, open water, you're just like, oh, they're screwed immediately. Yeah. Uh, the, and this is, this is like, you know, no spoilers here. She lives. But, like, you know, uh... Shoot. That is a spoiler. Well, no, I mean, like, it's not surprising, <laughs> though. Uh-huh. I, I misspoke, and I apologize to you, all right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, you know, it, it was a good movie, and if you're going to see a thing this weekend, I would say see The Shallows or Finding Dory. Those are the two okay. that are out right now. Um, I, wanted to see the, I wanted to see The Phenom last night, that baseball movie with Ethan Hawke. The I I don't know about this movie. It actually look I didn't know it existed, but I, I saw it, I saw it listed at the theater when I went to check on times for Independence Day, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's about a it's about a high school it's about a uh, a young MLB player who gets sent down 
you know, for psychological issues, and he has to deal with his loser dad, who's played by by Ethan Hawke. It actually looked. I checked the reviews on it. It looked pretty good, and I wanted to see that. I'm interested. But, yeah, no, it's uh, you have sold I, I, me on this movie with one plot summary. I'm, I'm always I'm always cool with Ethan. I'm I like sports movies because I'm a mark that way, and I also like Ethan Hawke playing, you know, deadbeats. Yeah, that, that that's him at his best for sure, for <laughs> sure. Um, the the other thing I'll, I'll say really quickly about the Shallows is like I don't know what I was thinking going into it because I am mega freaked out by the ocean. Nobody cares about this movie. Well, there's that too, but. <laughs> I'm very scared of the ocean. I don't go in the ocean, specifically uh-huh. because there are, like, sharks and jellyfish and all these things that can kill you. And this That's... movie is literally was just like, oh, remember all that stuff you're afraid of? Yes. <laughs> There's that. Yeah, my, my buddy has, like, a has a legit phobia of sharks to the point where it's tough for him to go into, like, lakes. Even though it's not – that's the hallmark of a phobia where it's – you know it's not rational. Right. But he's like – there might be sharks in, in this lake. Yeah, I mean, look, I get it. 210 million years of evolutionary perfection of just, like, winnowed sharks from, like, this giant thing to, like, the most efficient killing machine on the planet. Right. No, I, it, it is. It's it's crazy that, that all these million le- years later that sharks have evolved from dinosaurs into being <laughs> God damn animals. It. I don't have. know why I said millions of years, because that was your cue. Uh, Swish. <laughs> you did it. You did it. Um... Yeah, Get used so, to it. Okay. So I guess the, the last thing we, we can talk about here uh, very briefly is uh, how about the fact that no one wants to go to the Olympics at all on a completely unrelated to movies note? Yeah, that was... This is getting wild, though. Like, nobody wants to go... I wouldn't. No, why? Good Lord, of course not. Um, did you see that thing yesterday that was like? If I were here's hold on a second here's here's what I'll say. If I were like an elite athlete who'd been there already, under no circumstances would, no, would I go. No, no, if, no. if it were like if it were like my chance to 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 go to the Olympics and it had been something that I'd wanted for my whole life, then then I would then I would definitely think about it. But if you're like if you're LeBron James, no, like yeah. what the hell, man? Absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, did you see that thing yesterday where uh, there were all these emergency workers just, like, greeting tourists at the airport with signs that said, like, fire and police don't get paid here, you're not safe. Oh, my God. Like, oh, my God, who wants to get involved in any of this? There, There is no way that you could get me, like, e- let me put it this way. They would have to call me, like, Ryan Lambert, the sports writer, and say, how do you feel about maybe, like, meddling in basketball? Because we're, yeah. li- you're literally, we're down to our last options here. I, I you know what, I, I think, if I, the, uh, it, that's tough to say. Like, I feel like if, if the opportunity presented itself, I definitely would. Yeah, well, I, I definitely mean, would. But, but yeah, if I, but if like I, if I had know. any reason not to. Like and I and I wrote this semi recently. Like like if you're Isaiah Thomas from the Celtics, right? Yeah. Like he's a great player, and and he's in you know obviously in in many other countries he'd be <laughs> he'd be one of their best, but he's from the United States of America. So, so he's barring the some sort of like insane best basketball right, player, right? So barring some age. sort of insane extenuating circumstance, like guys like him and Jimmy Butler from the Bulls, like as great as they are, like this might this might be their only chance. Right. So I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure if I were them that that I would pull the trigger and do it. Yeah, but the amount of going anywhere that isn't like an air conditioned 
sequ- like there is no yeah. way I'm going outside for any reason other than to get on the team bus and then leave the team bus to go to the basketball game. If there's one safe place, if there's one safe place in Rio, it's going to be Olympic Village. Yeah, absolutely. But even then, so, like, let's hope there's no standing water around because that's going to be a major bad. problem. Zeke is fine. Well, I mean, unless you're a woman. or who was the, Wasn't there a baseball player who said he got it and it was like the worst flu he ever had and it lasted for a month? Yeah, I feel like that's a thing. They well the the uh, the Pirates and the Nationals, I believe, are gonna play in San Juan, Puerto Rico, oh, uh, this summer, and they they bagged it. Yeah, the players the players association was like, nope. Yeah, as well they should have. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's just it's incredible how unprepared Brazil is somehow even now. Like, and I understand they're a second world country that funneled billions of dollars from, like, things they actually need into hosting one Olympics. Like, right. Or, and I guess the World Cup as well a, a few years ago. But, like, it's insane. that Which people have horror stories about, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. It was a nightmare, and it's not even a, a nightmare remotely on the level of what the Rio Olympics right. are going to be. Like, I mean, that's it, what happens, man. Like they don't they don't have the infrastructure to support it, and they don't have the money to didn't have the money to build an, an infrastructure that supported it. And it's perilously poor and ripe for crime. And uh, I don't know, man. Don't ever don't ever host the Olympics. I I think I think you, it's easy to argue that no country should want to host the Olympics, I let agree. alone let alone a place like Rio in in a country like Brazil. Yeah, I mean. Because the other thing too is like if you if you look at the list of like upcoming Olympic uh, hosts or whatever, it's just like a massively corrupt political system. Uh, like it's oh like yeah, right. Kazakhstan, it's China, it's um, I don't know maybe right. like the United Arab Emirates or something like that. And it's like oh okay, just like places where like billionaires are forcing slave labor to build these stadiums and like yeah. covering up thousands. It's horrible. No, it's international sports is just a total. It's a it's a pox on on the world. Yeah. Honestly, like whether it's the World Cup or the Olympics or whatever, I I still can't believe that the Qatar World Cup is a thing. Like that 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 is mind boggling to me that that happened that 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 continues to be uh, the plan. I that's that's staggering. That's that's unbelievable. The country had one airport in. No soccer fields, essentially. Yeah, it's the most nakedly corrupt thing to ever happen in in the history of like of like global, you know, global events like that. And I can't think of of anything that's a close second. It it terrifies me that that that, that happened. Yeah, and and the fact that it's, that it's going to go off as planned is just it's deeply deeply upsetting. You you look at all the people that have died in in the construction and just what's guaranteed to happen even when they're there. It's it's staggering, man. It's staggering and. You know, I, I don't even I don't know where to go with it beyond that, other than to say like you know let's let's watch some archery and let's let's watch some let's watch some basketball and try to forget that this is you know just a total a total train wreck. Like honestly, there is no way, as far as I'm concerned, like the only reasonable solution for this is to just host every major sporting event in like. Germany, the United States, like just places where they already have the infrastructure and you don't have to spend billions of dollars. Right. 
Like, but like, but now, but now those now the United. I mean, there's there will always be United States cities that want to that want to put together a bid, but the number of those are dwindling, and the number of German cities right. and, and yeah, French I mean, cities. Like, I live in Boston. And we, yeah, right. and we basically just screamed at our mayor for six months so he would stop pursuing the 2024 Olympics. I, that's 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 terrifying to me. The the thought of living in a city that hosts an Olympic Games, like like I'm I'm okay with going to the Olympics at at, at some point. I would whether love it's for to go work, to the Olympics, whatever. It would be great. It would be great. But but then you leave and you're and you're not you're not stuck there with with all the problems that that stem from an undertaking like that, right? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, the the argument in favor of the Olympics was that it would have just led to, like, spending on infrastructure here and not necessarily, like, venues. Right. Um, for the most part, like, they would have spent a few, like, tens of millions on venues, but, like, the bulk of it would have been improving the highways and tunnels and mass transport systems, like, that would have had long-term positive effects on the city in theory, but right. in actual practice, like, I don't... Look, I mean... It would have ruined quality of life there for from from the day that it yeah was oh absolutely decided until the day it began yeah like it like obviously like infrastructure in this in this in this country is just a total it's a shambles it's, it's yeah it, there's there's what can you even say about it but it's a and it's such a gigantic problem that it's nothing that you can just throw a bunch of money at over the course of ten years and and say like let's fix it. Like it's it's a generational, multi generational thing that, that that needs addressed. It's not something you can just say, "Hey, let's let's fix Boston in six years." Like that that would just never happen. Like it, it's great in principle, but all it would do would would be ruin the next six years and probably create more problems than it actually solved. Yeah, and you're not going to believe this, but some people in the mayor's office have recently been involved in like corruption scandals. Oh, shocking! Can can you believe that? And like it was funny. He. Uh, the mayor of Boston is this guy, Marty Walsh, who's, like, from the neighborhood I live in, and he's totally just become, like, this corporate stooge who's, you know, giving interviews where he's like, look, you know what's really making my job hard is all these all these demands for transparency and stuff like that, and it's like, oh, boy, yeah. this is not good, Marty. What are you doing? Well, at least, at least they're not shooting for the Olympics anymore, man. Dodge that bullet. Oh, he's mad, though. Like, he's really mad. He wanted to have a... Um, uh, a uh, like the Grand Prix in in Boston as well, and then like F one like an F one race, and everybody was like, "No, uh, we don't want to do that." And and then he's yeah. all mad at everybody because you know. it's cool. You guys don't want anything cool. Yeah, well, no, like he wants to be. be so we had a, a mayor in Boston for decades who like basically ruled the city with an iron fist, and now this is the new guy, and he's going to come in in glad hand and like make all the business interests happy. And yeah, like so. Right. So this by, is him by, trying to get payouts, basically for right. for his friends in the construction industry and so on. Crazy. Yep. So say uh, no to the Olympics. Yeah. But, always but, say no to the Olympics. But but also if if uh, if USA basketball wants to call me and ask if uh, ask if I want to play, you know, I'm down. I just bought new shoes, so we're we're good to go. I feel like I do a really good job guarding Matthew Dellavedova at the very least. There is there is no there's no there is no, there is no professional athlete that looks more like the people that cover the sport than than Matthew Delvadova. It's did amazing. You, did you see during Game Seven that uh, I don't know if you listened to the podcast Hollywood Handbook, 
which, by the way, you should. Um, but one of the hosts, like, during the, uh, during Game 7, he's like, I just saw Kevin Love make a face that, like, I would have made if I tried to make a shot. In, in the... Oh, yeah. I, I, think there was, I think there was a screen grab of that. Yeah, I, I saw the face. I mean, no, it's, it's true. He's like, it's I don't want to see that. No, that's, that's not what you want. No, of, but, uh... like, I would, I mean, if Kevin Love can do it, I can do it is basically my... <laughs> Yeah, You're, there's a lot of similar, similarities between you and Kevin Love, for We're sure. We're both bad at basketball. <laughs> Kevin Love's not bad at basketball. He's fine. He's fine. Although I will he's, say he was horrendous really, in the finals. He's really good at basketball. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's like that. I can't remember who I was talking about this. Like, at the draft, over the at the NHL draft over the weekend, we were talking about, like, how much better even like a division three basketball, like a mediocre division three basketball player. Oh yeah. Than no, you? it's, it, it, it's enormous. If you ever, who, if you go hoop with guys who played, who played at any level in college, I mean, and this come from somebody who played growing up and was like, you know, not, not terrible. Like they'll, they'll crush you. Oh yeah. But, I, but, but back to, back to my defense of Kevin Love though. He's, He's, he's really good. He, yeah. Like he, that's a, that's a weird fit for him team wise, but it, if he ends up somewhere else, man, he's going to be back to twenties and tens, you know, back to, back to normal. Cause yeah. he's, he's real good. Yeah. No, obviously I agree, but it was, it was very funny to see people, uh, this podcast is not the place for Kevin Love slander. I will not allow it. Um, I guess my opinion on him is like, he's pretty good. <laughs> Like I don't think he's your opinion on him is that you is that you didn't watch him with the Timberwolves a few years ago. Yeah, but now, but that was a few years ago. You know who was, you know who's really good then ago. by that by that token Ray Bork. Like Ray Bork's a really good hockey player now. Kevin Love is twenty seven years old. He that he's can't be not, true. He's not, he's, it's it's true. Ooh, that is worrisome. He's on a team that 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 he doesn't quite fit perfectly on, and he was one of the very very best power forwards in the league, but before he was there, he's yeah. he's he's better than he showed. Okay, I will I will agree with that. Uh, I say here's what I say. I say for and every podcast from now moving forward, we just have five minutes of it that are dedicated to me defending Kevin Love. <laughs> That's fine with me. Um, oh, did I ever tell the story about uh, playing pickup hockey against like a 55 year old guy who had been in? Yes, the you AHL? did. You actually told it on the podcast. Uh, yeah. Okay. So. Like that—that's what I was thinking of. Was like that exact kind of scenario, but like, I would beat Matthew Bel- Delavdova in, in horse or whatever. Pretty sure. <laughs> what? Yeah, sure, man. I would. Yeah. Get, you just gotta get a hand in his face. Falls apart. Uh, yeah. All right, we we have time for for a few questions. Um, most of them seem to be serious this week. Uh, which is <laughs> upsetting, but um, but here we go. Uh, the first one is, let's see, why do so many teams give huge contracts to average players like Andrew Shaw and Keith Yandel? Because they have money to spend. I mean, there is that. There is the idea that... Uh, you know, that these are, like, the best you're going to do in free agency, and it's better to spend, like, to kind of create the appearance that you're spending money to get better, even if you're spending money to maybe not improve as much as you would like people to think. Yeah. I mean, free agency is a a sucker's bet. Always. Always. It is the most inefficient way to spend money in sports, like, by a lot. 
unless you're you know getting a it's, LeBron James or something. There's no. Yeah, it's 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 the winner's curse basically is is the principle that's at work here when it, when it comes to winning the bidding on on free agents. Like it's a it's a pyrrhic it's a pyrrhic kind of victory and uh, like honestly like how many like what restricted what unrestricted free agents in the last five years would you actually which which deals would you want to sign i mean Whoa, not many. yeah that is a really tough in terms of in, in terms of in terms of deals that that have lasted more than let's say let's say three years yeah I mean, like, there's, there's not a lot that's the problem with with both of those deals i would say like maybe maybe keith yandel's a little overpaid maybe shaw shaw is even more like marginally mm-hmm. overpaid i would say but like Six years, seven years, you know, yeah. I wouldn't want to marry myself to, to that kind of contract for that long, like for almost anybody, even like, you know, Steven Stamkos is going to get a ton of money later this week from somebody, right? Mm-hmm. But he's like 27 years old. Do I want to sign even Steven Stamkos, who's like, you know, one of the elite goal scorers in the National Hockey League? I think he signed Steven Stamkos for seven years if you think you have like a five-year window to win a cup. Yeah, absolutely. But and I mean, you just and you just deal with it down the line, and that's that's part of the trade-off is is that you say, all right, we we can win with this guy right now. Exceed, yeah. the, the last the last couple years are not going to be. Uh, are are not going to be fruitful from a from an economic standpoint, but hey, oh well. Yeah, um, and and that and that's I think probably the the biggest the biggest answer is you want. Well, the the other the other big answer is you're valuing <laughs> the wrong things. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's basically no. The I mean idea that's that to, you to, to spend me that's to... that's the biggest answer of all is is that is that there are still way too many teams that that need to sign players in free agency because they're they're not doing their job from a player development standpoint. So, you know, they, they have holes to fill and in uh and there's and there's less there's less half decent players that go around than than there are holes. And what's the end result? Is it Andrew Shaw gets paid a million and a half more a year than he should? Yeah. I wouldn't even go that far. I, I kinda like Andrew Shaw as a player, but like, you know, not six years like I, I, yeah. Like if if you if you signed him for three point nine million dollars in three years, I'd be like, eh, that sounds about right. And I think and I think part of it too is that every team, I don't know that there's enough teams that are realistic about about their station in the league. Oh, so no, if, there if, obviously if take, isn't. If you take a player like Andrew Shaw, who's still fairly young, and and has been a good player, they say, all right. They they apply the Stephen Stamkos reasoning to Andrew Shaw on on a slightly smaller scale. And they say like, okay, yeah, this deal is two years longer than it should be, but you know, if he helps us win a cup three years from now, like it'll be worth it. And and when the reality of the situation is that, you know, he won't because the rest of your team isn't good enough. In yeah. in your opinion, in your opinion of of the job you've done is is too high. I mean, the thing I've the thing I've been saying for years is like, if you're not in the top eight in your given league, like you should just be tanking as hard as you possibly can to get elite right. players, but. You know, obviously, there's this weird fight to wring an extra $4 million in gate revenues out of a few home games in the playoffs, and, like, making the playoffs is somehow seen as some, this big accomplishment that it is, in fact, not. Right, it's because, it's because of gate revenue, and it's because of money, and that's... that's right, but, that's, like, I mean, the, the value of anything less than, like, a, a deep playoff run, I don't think is necessarily worth the 
the money that you're going to pay because of that playoff run or to even get to that playoff run. It takes, so, it takes a lot of people to be on the same page and a lot of people to act like kind of against their immediate self-interest. Correct. To, 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 to undertake that. And yeah. it's just something that, uh, it, it's, it's a tough, that's a tough thing to sell. And if, whether you're an ownership group or a GM or a coach or, or, or anybody, there's a lot of different interests that, the need to jive up in, in, a, in a lot of tough choices that, that need to be made that go directly against really the, the mindset of, of a lot of the people that are making them. Yep. So I think that's the answer to that question. Um, here's another one. Do you care about the new Blink-182 album? Duh, most definitely. I do not. So I love Blink-182. Uh, and I really, really, more so than Blink-182, I love Alkaline Trio. I am a long-standing, uh, pretty pretty large Alkaline Trio fan. So for Matt Skiba to be involved with this is uh, is I, it's still it's still hilarious to me that it actually happened. Like like if you'd have told me ten years ago that Matt Skiba is going to be in Blink One Eighty Two one day, I'd uh, I'd I'd say you were a liar. So yeah, I'm super excited about it. I'm not I'm not in love with any of the songs that I've heard off it so far. I think Bored to Death is probably the best one so far, which is not. Not a particularly great sign, but yeah, man, they're like two of my favorite bands, and and I'm an Alkaline Trio fan, and and specifically a Matt Skiba fan. Like I I like pretty much everything he's done, uh, his side projects and and what have you. So yeah, I'm psyched. I know I Ryan's Bl- not. The only thing I have on Blink 182 is I saw them before Dude Ranch came out, open That's for cool. open for Primus, and I was like, oh, I don't like this band. So there you go. That that is my <laughs> those but, Pri- are- but, Pri- but Primus is good. When I was in seventh grade, yes. Now, not so much. But at but the like, time, I, I mean, there's like, do I think? I I don't think the record's gonna gonna be great. Um, yeah, and no I'll probably still just end up listening to like, I'll just go back and listen to like, God damn it, and and other various other Alkaline Trio uh, records instead. But no, I'm 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 psyched that it's happening, and they're coming here in the summer. Uh, to Pittsburgh, and I am gonna go and have a real good time. Well, great. I'm glad. I'm glad you're glad. Um, <laughs> we we have a question from a, a fellow named Dave. He says, "Hi, which dinosaur could bench press the most weight?" Thank you. Shark. <laughs> well, sharks don't have arms. So says you. Oh, I mean, like, I've seen the movies and stuff. So says you. Well, so there's... That is a good... I, what? I mean, there's other... Wait, hold on a second. There's... there's That's probably that's probably a discussion that's worth having, because I realize that sharks, sharks while dinosaurs, do not have arms, mm-hmm. uh, which is necessary to, to bench press. Uh, let's see. Dinosaur that could bench press the most weight... Uh, probably a monkey. <laughs> Harambe, your favorite dinosaur, Harambe. I can't believe, can't believe those bastards in Cincinnati killed that precious dinosaur. So, I mean, it, it's really tough to say what, um, what kind of a dinosaur. Like, it it depends on. Are we just talking about straight up like the maximum are, amount of weight? Because. A fun, a th- thing about dinosaurs is that they all have 
uh, like hands with with flexible fingers, like like prehensile hands. They they all have those, which is crazy. And they all have like the basically human hands. Like mm-hmm. they like all dinosaurs have five fingers on each hand, so they could definitely grip uh, grip the bar as needed. Right. Yeah. So, like, obviously the answer to that question would be one of your sauropods, if, like, you're just having it push up the, push up the bar or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, fun fact about Tyrannosaurus Rex, people always make fun of its very little arms and things like that. Each one of those arms could independently lift about 400 pounds. Think about it. It's a lot of weight. That's like, that's like one Stegosaurus in each case. <laughs> I mean... That's not true. Stegosaurus lived about 85 million years. Like, Stegosaurus lived farther away from the T-Rex than the T-Rex does to us. That's how... Ryan, Ryan, the, the dinosaur that has the very hard skull with, like, the the thing around, like, the, the, thing? the kind of wreath around its head that uses its head as a battering ram? Okay, well, okay, so you're talking about the Pachysaurolophus, and that's... Yeah, right. Could that dinosaur, could that dinosaur lift a weight with its head? I mean, almost certainly it could have, but it it didn't use its head as a battering ram in in all likelihood. That would have done, like, irreparable spine damage. The mm. m- more likely, uh, like, it would have used it kind of to sideswipe. Like, they would have done it, like, side to side instead of, you know, using themselves as, like, a full-on, like, run into straight line battering ram. Where do, where do rhinoceroses fall on the dinosaur continuum? Well, they're not dinosaurs. Right, but they're descendants, I assume. <laughs> they are not. When Where do the horns come from? Well, I mean, like, lots hmm? of things have horns that aren't dinosaurs. Fish. Some fish have horns. Uh, birds don't are have Are dinosaurs horns. reptiles? No, they're not reptiles. They're birds. Well, birds they are dinosaurs. They like reptiles to me. I mean, it's true. They, they have, a, they have a, a common ancestor with reptiles, but, like, at some point they kind of branched off. Um, like even, even something like, uh, like you, like you would think of it as a dinosaur isn't necessarily a dinosaur. There's a lot of pre-dinosaurid reptiles that look like dinosaurs, but are like, you're losing me here. Yeah, I understand. Um, but yeah, so why do they have scales? Do they have scales? Um, earlier. Do uh, rhinos have scales? No, they do not. Rhinoceros does not have scales. Um, Dinosaurs definitely did have scales, but at some point they kind of transitioned into feathers, like, through evolution and things like that. So the feathers came after the scales? They did. And in fact, were concurrent with... What? How closely related are birds and reptiles? Um, Would you say, in your opinion? They're not unrelated. Again, they have, like, a common ancestor a long, long, long time ago, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that would have been hundreds of millions of years ago that they kind of branched off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. I agree. Uh, this has been Dinosaur Corner. <laughs> that's true. Everybody loves Dinosaur Corner. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, t- we'll take one more question here. Uh... Maybe we won't, because these aren't particularly good. Um, yeah, no, we're not going to take one more question. I think this is it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> See you later. Well, a lot of them are just dinosaur questions again.
Let's take a look at the old Stick to Sports Twitter account. Let's see what knowledge I can drop. Oh, well, we have a question. What's the best episode of Dinosaurs, like the TV show? Um, and the and the guy says, my favorite was the one where Roy starts taking steroids. <laughs> given, given that that's literally the only one I remember of that show, I'm going to agree with that. Oh, that's so good. I wish I had a better answer for that. That's perfect, though. That's yeah, really no, cool. That, that's like I was the, I I was kind of I was hoping that that would, that that would be like a setup for a joke, and man, that, that that delivered. No, I remember I remember the hulked out version where like the. The steroids were like little mammals or something like that. I don't remember now, but is dinosaur cloning safe? That's a good question. Well, it, I, mean, uh, I think it is not just safe. It is it is coming. <laughs> it is on its way. I mean, it, it's it's impossible to say that it's not coming um, because like we just don't know what kind of scientific advancements we're going to make. Uh, I think before have, the planet suffers heat death in the next eighty years, but. Yeah, I mean, we can't we can't do it right now, um, for a myriad of reasons. No, so says you. Well, no, I mean, like this is the science behind it. Like you, you don't know, you don't know that. Again, I- I'm just saying modern science. Like we we can't do it right now. Uh, th- Dude, there... you don't know what. Like, look at Area 51. <laughs> sure, right? like, they could have all sorts of stuff there. I mean, they could, and right? look. Let me say this. There is literally no one on Earth that wants dinosaur cloning to be real more than me. Mm. Is that true? Yes. Um, because, like, you know, the, the idea of would you... There's probably a 12-year-old kid out there <laughs> that wants it more than you. I will beat that kid up. <laughs> because I want more than him. Because like, I'm the dinosaur lover. I am the dinosaur lover. That's 100% true. Um, yeah. Let me put it this way. If if Jurassic Park were real and it cost, like, literally every cent I had, I would go. And, and Well, get, get ready, buddy, because it's coming. And if they said, like, hey, there's literally a 50-50 chance you get eaten by a dinosaur, I'm in. I gotta see this shit for myself. I mean, it's probably not quite... And in the movie, there wasn't a 50-50 chance. No, I know. I'm saying, like, if it's even more perilous than these cautionary tale movies, I want in on that. I feel like getting eaten by a dinosaur would be a pretty sweet way to die. I'm saying. I wouldn't like to get dropped by a, by a pterodactyl into that big whale thing like the lady in Jurassic World, but... <laughs> well, okay, th- those neither of those things are dinosaurs. <laughs> A pterodactyl is, of course, a flying reptile, and a mosasaur is a marine reptile. We all understand this. Uh, I don't know about that. No, I mean, I do know about that. Mm, who can say? Me. And paleontologists. Oh, look at you. <laughs> all right, I think that's it. Goodbye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>